Chase Young trade rumors are once again bubbling to the surface, and this might surprise my everydayers, but no, Washington shouldn't be listening to them. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into this Monday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you continue the conversation over on subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Commanders, where you can go one-on-one with me because I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Washington Commanders. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I want to share my appreciation for all of the everydayers out there. And I want to share my appreciation with you for joining me here today on Monday's episode. On today's episode of Lockdown Commanders, we're going to discuss three commanders who won last week's minicamp. But before we do that, we do have to dive into some new yet familiar Chase Young rumors. And before we discuss that, I need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Rumors. Keep popping up about teams being interested in Commander's fourth-year defensive end, Chase Young. And I'm going to tell you that the team should not make that move at this point. And that's going to surprise some of you because throughout the buildup towards the NFL draft, we've had a lot of conversations about Chase Young and about whether or not his fifth-year option would be picked up or whether it would be declined, whether or not the team would consider trading him or should consider trading him. And if they did, to who? How much would they get? draft capital wise, all this other stuff, right? Lots of conversations uh, going on. And I supported certain proposals that were kind of speculated uh, about. However, that was all pre-draft. And at this point in the offseason, in the buildup towards the new NFL season, I see no reasonable packages that a team could offer the Washington Commanders for Young that I would advise Washington to actually seriously uh, consider and again, that's just one person's opinion, right? But let's start about with a team that we talked about a lot in March and a lot in early April, and that's the Houston Texans. So at one point, there was even a radio host in Houston on ESPN Radio who was kind of rallying for the team to offer the number twelve pick straight up to the Washington Commanders in the twenty twenty three NFL Draft in exchange for Chase Young. And then, of course, obviously the Houston Texans would probably pick up the fifth-year option and then talk about extensions and all that stuff. And I was all for that. Look, if you could get a number 12 overall pick for Chase Young, I think that would be a good way to kind of recoup some of the potential, some of the production that you've already lost and some of the struggles that we saw Chase uh, kind of going through to get consistent pass rush and get to the quarterback consistently even before his injury and then coming back from the injury. Uh, And with the 12th pick, the commanders could have certainly gone after an eventual first-round pick cornerback Emmanuel Forbes their eventual first round pick certainly could have gone at number 12 if they felt uh that good about him but they also could have looked at maybe Iowa State edge rusher Will McDonald the fourth while targeting either Forbes or Christian Gonzalez at number 16. Now there are plenty of people who looked at Will McDonald the fourth out of Iowa he ends up with the New York Jets they look at him as an outside linebacker stand-up type of guy uh you know 
four three defensive end type of thing. I mean, at the end of the day, defenses are fluid. So if the commanders saw enough in McDonald to think he could be our Chase Young replacement, then maybe they decide to go that route. Obviously, I'm not saying that McDonald would have been a one for one upgrade over Young, especially in his rookie year, but it certainly would give Washington a little bit of a head start comparatively. Uh, you know, as compared to maybe seeing him walk away next year as a free agent, you start getting a, a replacement in place for him this season instead uh, doing it with the first round pick instead of maybe a first round pick next year, depending on where they're drafting this crop of rookies, right? If he leaves as a free agency, maybe we see the team invest a first round pick in a defensive end next year, but that's a next year topic. Let's get back on to this year and Chase Young. And right now the Texans are still a team that are being tied to Chase Young in trade speculations. And it does make a little bit of sense why they would. Houston is a team that's trying to rebuild. So they want some young, you know, talent that's got some potential to reach and they have some expendable cash. In fact, they're kind of in a position where if they sign a bad deal or two over the next year or two, uh, it's not going to completely derail their rebuilding as long as the deals aren't so bad that they do obviously derail. So you're usually talking about a lot of incentives with a little bit less guaranteed and most of the guarantees are paid out in a year or two so that if they need to get out of it in the midst of this rebuild, they have the option to do so. Meanwhile, adding a player like Young to Will Anderson Jr., that he had rusher out of Alabama that they got in the NFL draft, and quarterback Bryce Young certainly helped build some excitement around the team, certainly helped bring some more people to the stadium. And I'll tell you, after being there last year when the commanders went to Houston to play the Texans, they could use uh, a mechanism or two to, to draw some, some attendance into the stadium. So there are a lot of reasons for a team like the Houston Texans to be interested in going after a player like Chase Young if he is available. Now, Bleacher Report did a full-on mock Trace, Chase Young, not Trace Young, Chase Young trade article, uh, and they presented five trade options, five ideas. I'm only going to go over two of those ideas here. Uh, and the first one obviously involves Houston, again, a team that we've seen tied to these kinds of speculative conversations in the past. And in the Bleacher Report article, they project a 2024 third-round pick and defensive lineman Jonathan Greenard heading from Houston to Washington in exchange for defensive end Chase Young. Now, because, again, of their trade-up with the Arizona Cardinals to get the third overall pick in this last NFL draft, Houston Texans have Will Anderson Jr., so they don't own their own third-round pick. That pick got traded to the Arizona Cardinals for next year. So this would actually be Philadelphia's third-round pick that Houston currently owns the rights to, and so that means it would be likely near the end of the day two picks, not quite. You know, this isn't going to be an early third round pick if this were to happen. This is going to be towards the end of the third round. Now, top 100, absolutely, but probably not top 75 or top 50. That context, I think, is important when you're looking at the value uh, of this offer. Obviously, it would be top 50. That would be a second round pick. Meanwhile, Greenard is entering his fourth year in the NFL as well, part of the 2020 NFL draft class, just like Chase Young. Uh, he's played defensive end. He's played outside linebacker, according to pro football reference for the Houston Texans. So he's certainly got some versatility, I guess, there. Ten and a half career sacks so far, 68 tackles, and he did have a pick six last year against the Indianapolis Colts. He's played in 33 games total. He started 17 of those, and he would be projected as a defensive end in Jack Del Rio's defense. So you're adding to that defensive end group to potentially work on, you know, finding a full-time replacement for Chase Young while James Smith-Williams ideally, you know, steps into the full-time role right off the bat. Now, Greenard was a third-round pick by the Texans in 2020 after playing at Louisville and at Florida in college. Uh, so that's one idea. Another trade idea the Bleacher Report threw out there was from the Chicago Bears. In this deal, the Bears get Chase and the Commanders 
get the Chicago Bears second round pick next year straight up. And if there was a deal in the five that Bleacher Report presented, this is the one that I would take. The others, they all involve lesser draft capital or they take on retread players from other teams that I'm just not interested in rehabilitating. Instead, I'm more interested in James Smith Williams, Casey Tuhill leading the effort uh, just like they did last year to play without Young for most of last year. And then you've got the newcomer, the rookie, K.J. Henry out of Clemson. See where he works and see how fast he develops and, and how quickly he takes that step. I'd take the higher pick, and I'd roll with the guys that I know over sacrificing capital by taking a late third-round pick or even a third-round pick at all and taking a guy, a guy who may bust with the Washington Commanders just like he didn't work out with the team that's sending him uh, to me in the first place. And that Bears second-rounder is currently projected to be a top-50 pick. So that's obviously much better. Uh, of course, it also means Washington would have to face Chase Young, right? Chicago's coming to town this year, and his new teammates, they'll, they'll be in prime time Thursday night football. But that's okay, too. It's only one game. Uh, and that's two of the five offers. Again, the Houston Texans uh, were a repeat offender in the Chase Young trade speculation, Chicago Bears. Uh, but now we look at a team that Bleacher Report didn't have on their list but is reportedly interested in Chase Young if he's, if he's available that, according to Jeff Hartman of SB Nation's Steelers page behind the steel curtain, we're going to dive into that speculation and report, and then I'll tell you why none of them, honestly, should be enough for Washington to truly pursue. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now, new customers, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to 2000 $500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The Denver Nuggets are one game from winning the NBA Finals Monday night, and they have minus 400 odds to win game five as nine-point favorites back home in Colorado. And Denver is minus 6,000 favorites to win the NBA Finals as it stands today. You can also bet on Major League Baseball action, including inning-by-inning inning odds for hits in a single inning on a lot of those baseball games, and there are always deals popping up for current players as well. No matter how you play, there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. <laughs> for making Locked On Commanders your first listen today and every day. Every day is come back tomorrow. We're going to drop our next mailbag episode. Speaking of which, we're still taking questions for that episode and future mailbag episodes. So if you have a question, throw it in the YouTube comments. Email it to LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at dharrison82 or fire it over via subtext. Go there by joining, by going to, go there by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders continuing today's conversation and where we left off at the end of segment one jeff hartman of sb nation's steelers page behind the steel curtain reports that the steelers are interested in training for chase young he wrote quote sources inside the steelers organization made it known the team has a strong interest in acquiring washington commanders and former first round draft pick chase young end quote now my understanding is that jeff is on the locked on steelers podcast uh, today's episode, Monday's episode of Locked On Steelers podcast. So if you want to hear more about that, go check out that episode when you're done here. But looking at the other trade packages presented by Be by by Bleacher Report, right? And to be fair, we're not 100% certain on what the Steelers 
uh, would be able or be willing to offer the Washington Commanders if the Washington Commanders would be open to listening, which Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated did recently report that the Washington Commanders are open to listening to offers for Chase Young. But if we use the Bleacher Report speculation as kind of a barometer for what these, these deals would look like, you're talking about basically a second-round pick or you're talking about a third-round pick along with a player that is going to help kind of fill that gap uh, of having another defensive end in the depth chart, right? You're not going to get a, a starting caliber defensive end traded to you at this at this point. You're looking for potential more than you are uh, existing production. Now, looking at their players, I honestly don't see any edge players on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster currently that I would say could be realistically included. I like Marcus Golden, right? He's an edge player for the Steelers, but he's an outside linebacker type, not really a defensive end. Plus, he just signed a one-year deal with the Steelers a couple weeks ago, uh, and you don't typically see players like that involved in trades this time of year. So I don't really see that happening. Obviously, TJ Watt's not going to be a part of that. Now, uh, there are a good amount of defensive ends listed for the Steelers would be better as interior defensive linemen for Washington as well. And I think when you look at John Allen, Deron Payne, Fedarian Mathis, John Ridgeway, and Abdullah Anderson, I don't see them trading for an additional defensive tackle, right? So I'd hunt for a second-round pick straight up if I'm Washington, which is projected to be in the 50s or maybe a little bit higher uh, in the NFL draft next year. And I don't know if the Steelers would be willing to talk, you know, second-round pick, or maybe it's a third-round you know, uh, a pick that is, you know, conditional second round pick, depending on performance and all those things. That'd be, that'd be fine as well. Uh, but as I said at the beginning of the segment, I wouldn't really advise Washington to trade, to trade Chase Young right now anyway. And again, I know that some everydayers might be surprised by that because in the lead up to the NFL draft, I was, I wasn't say calling for Chase Young to be traded, but just saying if they got the right offer, if they got enough back in and draft capital, stuff like that, that I wouldn't necessarily hate the idea of the commanders moving on from Chase Young, allowing him to go kind of pick up his career somewhere else and try to get things back on track while the commanders even out the the, the checkbook a little bit, uh, get rid of some future contracts that they kind of have to debate over uh, and reset at the position just a little bit. But pre-draft, right, you get to prioritize replacing him with this coming rookie class. In this scenario, the draft's over. You're not getting a starter defensive starting defensive end back, like I said, and you're not getting a crack at drafting one until next year. And if you're Ron Rivera, if you're Martin Mayhew, you don't even know that you're going to get a chance to actually draft that replacing player, right? So you don't trade for picks that your successor is going to use, right? You want to trade for assets that you're going to use is basically what I'm saying here. So does a second round pick next year for Chase Young sound tempting? Absolutely sounds tempting. But does a second round pick next year help you win this year if you're Coach Rivera and Martin Mayhew and, the, and, and this coaching staff more than Chase Young? Absolutely not. For that simple breakdown, for that simple reason, you keep Chase Young because he's going to give you a better chance of being successful this year than that future second round pick. Now, if things start going poorly uh, after the new owners are installed, then maybe you try to float the idea to Josh Harris and the ownership group uh, that, you know, we trade Chase Young, we get future picks, we continue building and try to use that as kind of a flotation device. But that's later on down the season. We're talking about right now here in, in the middle of June. So outside of that, just let it ride, man, and, and hope that another NFL team thinks Washington just didn't know how to use Young gives them a fat deal in the offseason if they need to, and the commanders get a third-round pick in 2025 instead of a second- or third-round pick in 2024 for whoever the head coach and general manager are. Uh, if it's Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, obviously you're pretty happy with your with where your team has been uh, from, from 2023 to 2025, so you'll deal with that. All right, so that's my take on this current round of Chase Young rumors and speculation. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll be done with this anytime soon, but that is my take on this round of them. Uh, moving back to 
current operations for the Washington Commanders. We named three standouts for mandatory minicamp last week each day. So that's nine total from the mandatory minicamp week. And I decided to come through and talk about three specifically who stood out the most. And we're going to start with the guy that maybe a lot, not a lot of Commanders fans are really familiar with, and that is undrafted free agent rookie wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley. Now, I have to qualify this, right, because it's OTA, it's minicamp season, and this is an undrafted free agent that we're talking about. So I don't want to get this misconstrued as, you know, I'm, I'm talking about Tinsley is, is like a lock or an early favorite to be like the fourth receiver, the fifth receiver, or even go as far as to say that he's legitimately going to make the 53-man roster. I think it's way too early uh, for these kinds of conversations and predictions. But what I do want to point out to all of you, and I want to communicate to those of you who can't have your eyes on it, is that he has looked really, really good in this phase of the offseason. So I think he's worth mentioning here on the program. Now, there was a moment last week where Tinsley wasn't doing the right thing, and Coach Eric Bieniemy yanked him from a drill. But after that, it's been pretty much all positives for Tinsley, at least from what I could tell. Again, if you messed up a route combination or something like that, and I just didn't hear the correction, I don't know what routes are being called. So a guy runs around unless it's just clear as day. Like there was a route combination run last week by Cole Turner and John Bates, and it was clear as day that Cole Turner did not run the right route. They went back, they fixed it, he got it right, so everything's all good there, right? But, uh, you know, so outside of those situations where it's just unknown, uh, Mitchell Tinsley has had a really good kind of bounce back from that moment. On day one, that same day, he and quarterback Jake Fromm uh, connected for the first deep ball play of their 11-on-11 sessions. Uh, there in the team drills. He also had a really nice grab that day in seven on sevens, sliding to the ground to make the catch, getting low, but also avoiding defenders in the middle of the field, ensuring that only the offensive player had a shot uh, to make a play on the ball. Now, when we moved indoors for Thursday, despite even having abbreviated practice, he still found a way to stand out, getting behind the defense, making a really solid play in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown catch. So uh, Mitchell Tinsley, undrafted free agent receiver out of Penn State, definitely, definitely doing some good things for himself in the OTA period and in the mini camp. Again, not going to talk about, you know, he's going to threaten De'Ami Brown or anything like that or even call him a lock for the 53, but I think he's a name that you need to pay attention to as we wrap up our final practice on Tuesday and then get ready for training camp over the next month or so. Our next mini camp winner is going to be Coach Eric Bieniemy. It has to be, right? There's been some mixed reviews on Coach Bieniemy and what he's doing. Uh, on the team as far as the new assistant head coach and offensive coordinator as far as his style with some believing that his style is maybe overly aggressive maybe overly confrontational and all this stuff while some think it's just super refreshing uh, and a really great thing to happen but what everyone agrees on is that eb's presence on the field is real and it's been impactful the offense really is still in its infancy right now but the team has worked through a relatively small portion of the full scheme but his demand of it his attention to detail of it his command of the group around him and what i'll tell you is yes he's holding quarterbacks accountable receivers are being held accountable the reads the assignments are being held accountable but he's also celebrating very very well when the players get things right when they do things the way he wants them to so i don't want to get it misconstrued that there's only negative coming out of eb he is, is in full control and everyone is paying attention uh, I gave you guys, so every day as you've heard some examples of how he's kind of commanding the room around him on the practice field, but I'll go, I'll give you another one last, last week. So there's a series of codes, right? These codes kind of have a theme to them and every code means something, right? They call it, a, it's a formation. You, you know, I'm part of this package, a part of that package. So if I hear my package called, I know I'm on the field. So we hear all these and we're all sitting there. We're all trying to figure out what these packages mean. So when I hear this word, what does that mean? What does this word mean? And all this other stuff. And we get really excited trying to figure these things out. 
And honestly, we kind of feel like we have a beat on a few of them that we we uh, we have a beat on what some of them mean. Well, last week we heard a couple that we hadn't heard before, and there was a change in kind of the genre of the code, if you if you will, right? Um, and I'll tell you, man, I've never seen an offense or a sideline of media coaches, PR members. Like I've never seen a sideline of people that weren't players and other coaches just get locked in on what this new development was. So that's something that I thought was really interesting that I wanted to share with you all uh, about that. And our final mini camp winner from last week, it's rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. You know, anytime a first round pick is made and it gets questioned, uh, there's a reason, right? It could be a schematic question. You know, does it fit? A physical question, does he have the ability or a talent standpoint, just does he have the talent, right? And and everybody downplays the concerns, right? The coach, the GM, the other, the position coaches are all going to downplay those concerns. That's, that's what you have to do. We go back to Jamin Davis, right? That pick kind of surprised people because a lot of people didn't see the talent in Jamin and Washington downplayed it. They said, well, you know, uh, whatever the concern was just wasn't going to be a problem. Well, as he struggled or even just not done as well as you want a first-round linebacker to do, those questions, those questions persist. And coaches, GMs, they get frustrated being asked the same questions have been popping up since the pick was made, right? We're like three years in, they're getting asked the same questions. Well, for Forbes, the questions were a little bit about where he would play, right? And, and how that would impact other players like Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller. And those questions certainly still exist, but I wouldn't really call them concerns more as just curiosities, right? But then came the size. And, and basically, that's where the size, that's where the concern came in. The commanders have leaned on Forbes' talents ball hawking ability and all those things kind of explain away the concern and say it's not a problem because look at all these turnovers he can get well in this phase of the offseason Forbes can't really dispel the physicality issues or I wouldn't call them issues concerns right but what he can do is prove what the team is saying as far as like don't worry about that worry about this and he can show what they're talking about and that has come to fruition big time he has multiple multiple times has proven that ability on the field he's got interceptions in the slot he's gotten them outside and man in zone we're seeing him make plays are coming in various ways from various positions on the field. It's very encouraging. Specifically, there's no area that we've seen Washington use Forbes right now where it doesn't look like he could play there if they needed him to in their regular season. So really, the only thing for him to do right now is to prove that that size is not going to be an issue in the NFL, and we can't really get there until we get to the preseason. So until then, you can rest easily that right now, the potential, the reasons they drafted him certainly are being reinforced by the play on the field. Now, last week we highlighted two commanders doing some good things within the community. And today we're going to highlight another one on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Last week, commanders receiver Jahan Dotson and cornerback Tariq Castro Fields were out in the community training with some young athletes. Uh, and this week, Washington had a special guest attending their practice on Thursday out in Ashburn. According to team reporter Zach Selby, the commanders brought nine-year-old Kennedy Keen and her family out to Ashburn to visit practice, and she even got to help Coach Ron Rivera close the day's practice. Afterwards, she hung out with her favorite commander player, defensive end K.J. Henry. And if you heard the interview I had with Chris Rodriguez on our Friday episode, or if you're a subtexter, so you got the bonus full clip of the, the bonus episode, I was actually watching Kennedy and her family hanging out with KJ after practice while I waited for Chris to come available uh, and be able to talk to me. And it was a great scene. Of course, you know, though, that most of these visits, right, are all, you know, almost all these visits oftentimes are preceded by bad news. And again, according to the team for Kennedy and her family, that bad news was a leukemia diagnosis in 2021. But the good news is this visit was part of a celebration of Kennedy finishing two years 
of active cancer treatment. Again, nine years old, finishing two years of active cancer treatment. The Commander's uh, Charitable Foundation and the Hog Farmers Charitable Foundation coordinated Kennedy's visit. Kennedy's mother went to Clemson and, and they bonded over that connection with KJ Henry as they hung out after practice with KJ saying, quote, it was real heartwarming. I haven't stepped on the field in this league yet. So it's cool to see that people appreciate me for me and me for my game. I'm just glad I could put a smile on her face. End quote. Kennedy and her family are also going to be attending a home game this season in a suite, courtesy of the team as well. Great stuff going on there from uh, the Commander's Charitable Foundation and the Hog Farmers Charitable Foundation. It was a cool thing. Again, just standing there kind of waiting on a player for an interview that I wanted to do uh, with a member of the Washington Commanders PR staff and just watching Kennedy and her family interact. And, and when KJ gave her his his practice gloves that he was wearing during practice, she was super stoked, super excited. Uh, so it was great to see, you know, uh, that, that kind of a moment, that kind of interaction between a player and a family that they can certainly impact in a positive way. So head to commanders.com if you want to read Zach's full write-up of the day and the experience. Uh, I definitely highly recommend it. And if you want to get involved with either the Commanders or the Hog Farmers Charitable Foundations, just go to commanders.com slash community or go to hogfarmerscharity.org. Coming up tomorrow, we've got another mailbag episode coming up again. If you want to get your questions in for that or future mailbag episodes, drop them in the YouTube comments, email them to lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at dharrison82 or visit subtext at joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders, and you can just simply text me your question whenever you have it. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day, every day, every day. Thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. And remember, if you want to continue the conversation, get texts from me during practice on Tuesday, receive bonus content that you won't find anywhere else from me, head over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Get in on all that fun. Thank you so much for making me part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else Washington Commanders related you want to discuss, Make sure you're following me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.